Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We are thrilled you have joined us for this week's podcast. Today we are privileged to have a guest speaker. May God bless you as you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, New Hope Nation. Come on, let's bless the Lord for being here today. All right. Listen, just look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're sitting this close to me. Say, I'm glad you're sitting this close to me. Y'all are really packed in here. It's all right. Hope you guys are having an incredible day today. Let me just start off by saying this. You're not at the wrong church today. <laughs> Had a few people looking at me funny. Saw me with a suit on. I said, is this new? You are in new hope today. It's okay. Don't be alarmed. Everything's all right. We want to welcome you today. We thank God for you guys being here. For all of you all at the Garner campus, at NCCIW, for those incredible people watching uh, via iCampus or you're watching television, we thank God for you today. Hope you can join us one day. Listen, guys, I'm so excited to be here. Always glad to be with the New Hope Nation. Let's just take a moment real quickly to bless the Lord for our pastor and his absence. Come on, let's bless the Lord for Pastor Benji Kelly. (laughs) Pastor Amy Lynn, amen. We thank God for incredible, insightful leaders, and we just always want to make sure we honor uh, the great leadership. Uh, make sure you come back next week. Everybody say next week. Yes. Pastor Benji will be uh, teaching a message from the Holy Land, so make sure you come back. Bring somebody with you. Tell them to be on time because seats are limited, as you can see. So we want you guys to be here next week. How many of y'all have been enjoying the Unlikely Hero series so far? Yeah. Come on, let's bless the Lord for Pastor Scott. What a great job last week, talking about David, amen, incredible, incredible job, definitely was honored to watch that series, you can go back and watch it again, so many great, great things uh, from that that lesson, so we want you guys to stay tuned with us on the Unlikely Heroes series, I'm excited today because we're going to talk about a great, great person, Uh, but before we do that, let's pray uh, today. Heavenly Father, we thank you God for another great warm day here in North Carolina, God, we ask that you would just uh, bless us today. Father God, speak to our lives. Lord, challenge us, encourage us, instruct us, and inspire us. Father God, as always, I ask that you would just think with my mind and speak with my lips. Lord, I always pray that you would make me as this microphone, that I would simply magnify the things that you have said into me. Now, Lord, open every ear, open every heart, and every mind to receive your word Lord, that we would not just be hearers, but also doers of your word. Father God, we love you and bless you. We thank you again for our pastor, Pastor Benji, and his entire family, and Pastor Amy Lynn. God, we ask you to just cover and bless them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you and bless you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, today, um, I love I love David, and uh, when I found out that Pastor God was going to be teaching on David. I, I kind of was, I was kind of sad. <laughs> I love David. What an incredible hero. But, but today I have an even, even, even greater hero. Uh, no, I'm joking. Even greater hero. Uh, and by somebody by the name of Nehemiah. How many of y'all ever heard of Nehemiah? No, Nehemiah. Many times we talk about Nehemiah, we often talk about uh, leadership and vision. And, and he is a, a great person and a great hero uh, uh, to look at in a study when it comes to obedience and, and being a great visionary and being a great leader and, and delegating, establishing uh, goals for a group. But, but today I want to look at the incredible hero he was 
and the things that he did before all that came to fruition. So let's go uh, right to the beginning. Nehemiah chapter number one. If you have your Bibles on your phones, your iPads, wherever you have it, we'll go to Nehemiah chapter number one. How many of y'all have your Bible with you? Can you, uh, can you wave it at me? If it's your phone, that's cool. All right. Yeah, you want to have your own Bible. You want to have your own Bible. Uh, Nehemiah chapter number one. When you have it, say sweet potato pie. Amen. Just want to make sure y'all. My wife, she's not here with me today. She's, uh, she's at home resting. Uh, I'm so excited to announce that, you know, she's uh, 14 weeks pregnant. So we thank God for that. Yeah. So we've been doing some things uh, just to make sure, you know, things go a little bit better with this, uh, this pregnancy. And we're praying. I thank God for your prayers because God does answer prayers. Amen. Nehemiah chapter number one, when you have it, say what? Sweet potato pie. Okay, cool beans and hot grits. Glad you have it. <laughs> Nehemiah chapter number one tells us really the beginning of the story of Nehemiah's uh, 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 memoirs, if, as it were. Uh, he has this incredible journey of uh, having the opportunity to rebuild and reestablish uh, uh, Jerusalem after the Babylonian exile. And he is uh, really just rearing uh, this move, him and Ezra. And, and here we find where it all really begins, the genesis of this thing. So verse number one, let, let's go there. Nehemiah chapter number one, verse number one. It says this, it says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, And it came to pass in the month of Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Susan, the palace. There was a lot of weird words there. I'll read again. Don't be alarmed. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. And it came to pass in the month of Chislu in the 20th year as I was in Sushan, the palace. Now, I want to stop right here real quickly because I want to just, just want to uh, draw some attention to the text here um, because I want to tie some things together and try to make a nice pretty bow with some things that, that uh, Pastor Scott talked about about David. You know, when Pastor Scott was talking about David, we talked about how he was a shepherd and he gave us some, some important points to understand about sheep, but, but he was a shepherd. And, and at that particular time, uh, a shepherd was kind of considered a kind of a lowly thing, wasn't the most prestigious job. But we see right here in the text that Nehemiah identifies himself as being somebody in the palace. In the palace. He was, he was in the kingdom. He was in the palace. He was actually, we find out later in the chapter, that he was a cup bearer. All right. So, of course, you know, right now, um, that's not exactly anything somebody would be looking to do for a living. Right now, 2012. How many of y'all want to be cup bearers? No bearers of the cup here. Okay. So, he, but, but in that particular time, that was a great uh, position of trust. Uh, he worked very close with the king, King Artaxerxes. Uh, he had a lot of influence, but he had like the nicest setup in the world. Like he was living in the palace. But, but what we find and we learn, of course, later on is that, that he is still yet concerned about people that may be below, below him. So we see with David somebody that's very, very humble and, and still God is able to use him. And then now we also see somebody that, that was very high in the palace, but God still was able to use them as well. Why? Because they were, they were still able to serve God. They were willing to serve God. So, so our first point I really want us to understand is that, number one, that heroes are concerned. Heroes are concerned. We got to understand that, that, that Nehemiah 
were still concerned. Let, let's read verses 2 and 3, uh, and let's see what we can pull out here. He says, um, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them, watch this, concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. Verse 3 says this, and they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Here it is that Nehemiah is living this incredible life of luxury. He's, he's really living it up. He has a great job. He has a pretty decent salary. He has nice clothes. He has a great benefits package. He has health, dental, 401k, stock options. He has it all. But he's still concerned about somebody else. He's still concerned about others. He's still concerned about the things that are going on in Jerusalem. And he says, listen, what's going on with my people? He doesn't have his brothers come up and he says, hey, look what I'm doing. Hey, look what I have. Look what I drive. Look how much money I make. Look what. I... No, no, no. He doesn't say me. See, you know, sometimes uh, have you ever met anybody that suffered from the me monster? You know, when they talk, talk, talk to you, all they're saying is, you know, I did this and me and over here and I did this and I, I went over here and I grabbed that, you know, I made this and I bought that and I did it. No, chill out, man. <laughs> Suffering from the meat monster. Nehemiah doesn't suffer from the meat monster. His first thing he says is, what's going on? I'm concerned about somebody else. Question is, is who are you concerned about? What are you concerned about? Do, do your prayers... Uh, 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 start with your name and your family and I, my, and me or are your prayers about others. Listen, let me, let me give you this. Let me give you this scripture in Philippians chapter 2 verse 4. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 says this in the English Standard Version. It says, let each of you look not only to his own interests but also the interests of others. You got that? Let each of you Look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let, let, let me give you kind of a working definition for today for heroes. Heroes are those that see others' need and act. We, we got to understand we have to be concerned about other people's needs. Hero, our second point is heroes see needs. Heroes see needs. You know, I was telling I was telling uh, somebody the other day. You know, I like all like the the Marvel uh, superhero movies that have been coming out, all those great things. But you know, there's this one hero that I think is just like the rudest hero of all. He's just so disrespectful. That's Clark Kent, Superman. You ever notice like Clark Kent and Lois Lane will be like walking somewhere and all of a sudden he'll just disappear? <laughs> Lois Lane is trying to have a decent conversation and all of a sudden Clark Kent hears something 30 miles away. There's some small child trapped in a hole and he doesn't say excuse me. He doesn't say I'll be right back. He just runs off. 
How rude is that, Clark? Come on. Is that what they taught you on planet Krypton? No, that's disrespectful and it's rude. But you know why he does that? He does that because he's concerned. He sees, he hears the need of somebody else, and he's concerned. Do do you see other people's needs? Are you concerned about what's going on in the world around us? Are you concerned? Are you hearing the cries of the people around us? The Bible says in verse number 3, that, that, that Nehemiah's brother says, listen, uh, the people are in captivity. They, 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 the walls are torn down and the gates have been burned. Concerned. What are you saying? That in that particular day when the walls are down, that means anything, anybody, any enemy can get in and take over. Oh, man. When the the gates are burned down, there's nothing to guard the people. I don't know if you've looked at the news or you've looked at a television, but listen, our country, it seems like the walls are down. It seems like the enemy is making so much headway in in our culture, in in, in the world, in in the United States. And I want to know as the body of Christ, are you concerned? If you look at marriages, if you look at sometimes our government and some of the things they're allowing, are you concerned? I know this might not be what you want to hear today, but listen, I challenge you to be concerned about something, someone other than you. The text says in Philippians, be concerned. Think about other people's interests, not just your own. We have to decide that we are going to be concerned about others. Heroes are concerned about others. So listen, let's talk about this. In verse number three, we see it right here, that heroes see needs. They see the concern. They move on the concern. They're listening for the concern. The Bible says that Nehemiah heard Verse number four, the Bible says, and once he heard what was going on, he sat down. He was knocked off his feet by what was going on. Have you ever been knocked off your feet by some of the things that go on in the world around us? Does your heart break for the same thing that God's heart breaks for? Do you weep over the same thing that God weeps over? Are you concerned? See, see our, our, our next thing is we got to understand that we must be looking to help somebody. Now, I got a hero I want to show you here uh, today. He's an incredible, unlikely hero. But in this video we're about to show you, you see incredible concern. And real quickly, if we could just focus our attention to the screens, I want you to really look for the concern in our hero. I promise you're going to like him. He's awesome. Bubba. Bubba was my best good friend. I had to make sure that he was okay. Bubba! And on my way back to find Bubba, well, that was this boy laying on the ground. Just let him lay there all along, scared the way he was. So I grabbed him up. 
y'all remember that movie? Big fan. Forrest Gump, an unlikely hero. Not because he was incredibly gifted, not because he was incredibly strong, not because he was incredibly intelligent, but he was willing to be concerned about somebody else. He easily got himself out, but you could see how time after time after time, he went back to help somebody else, somebody that was in need, somebody that was crying out for help. See, when you're a hero, you're just concerned. But not only are you concerned, our third point we find here today is that heroes not only are convicted, not only uh, uh, do they see needs, but heroes are convicted. They are convicted to do something they believe. They feel like, listen, I can do something. See, it's one thing just to be concerned, but it's another thing to do something about your concern. It's one thing to say, hey, this should be done, but it's another thing to say, I'm willing to do it. Concern. One of the things I often say, this quote that I just want to show you guys real quickly, it says, concern without conviction makes you a collector of good ideas. Concern without conviction makes you a collector of good ideas. See, many of us have a lot of concerns about many, many different things, and we just hold on to those ideas. 
You know somebody I'm really impressed with, I think it's just phenomenal, whoever the young lady was that decided, she said, you know what, I'm going to create disposable diapers. Genius. I'm sure there were many, many women that said, listen, I wish I could just throw this thing away. (laughs) They were concerned, but they were not convicted enough to do something. You know who else I like? Whoever created post-its, sticky paper. Who, Who thought of that? I wish my paper would just stay where it is. Many people were concerned, but somebody was convicted enough to do something. See, if you have concern with no conviction, no movement, no belief, no change, then listen, you're just a storage unit, not a manufacturer. I say it all the time. We we should not be storage units, but we should be manufacturers. What's the difference? Both are buildings. One holds things and another produces things. Are y'all with me? See, if you don't act on your concerns, you'll always just be a, a storage unit. You'll always just hold things. But when you are a manufacturer, you take a little bit of this and, and a little bit of that, and you take your concern, and you take your dreams, and you take your passion, and you take your hope, and you take your education, and you take your experience, and you're able to manufacture some and produce. That's a hero. Somebody that says, listen, I'm concerned, but I'm also convicted. Heroes see the need and they act. Can can I add an addendum to that? Heroes see the need and they act. Watch this, willingly. They don't have to beg Superman to come flying to save the day. He heard him while he was talking to me. He, he hears what's going on, and he acts willingly. They just put a light up for Batman in the sky. He acts willingly. There's no begging going on. There's no please, please, please. No, heroes act. They see somebody's need. They're convicted, and they act willingly. I believe it's so important that that we must learn to be concerned. You know, because I believe this, you know, um, you should write this down, that that conviction and concern require action. That's our last point. Conviction and concern require action. Our last point is heroes take action. here's Here's my work with this. Action is the evidence of concern and conviction. Action is the evidence of concern and conviction. Let me make it live for you. You know, I love my wife. Uh, uh, we praise the Lord. Hey, babe, wherever you are, you're watching. Um, uh, so, so, you know, I've been married a little while now, and I remember early on in my marriage, Pastor Scott, I remember that, that I would, you know, guys, you know, sometimes you come home, you stop and grab you something to eat, and you don't get your wife something to eat? I didn't know. So I remember, you know, I walk in the house, I'm eating my fries, you know, I'm going to town, milkshake in one hand, bag in another, you know, french fries the whole night. 
So uh, I sit down and my wife gives me one of those looks. See, somebody knows what I'm talking about. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. And see, you know, uh, so you know that you're in trouble. That's not the scary part. The scary part is that you don't know why you're in trouble. What, what did I do? Why have you ever seen your husband look, look like this? He doesn't know what's going on. What? If he does that back right to left, what? He doesn't know what's going on. So my wife says, did you get me something? Ah, ah, ah. Your husband does three R's in a row. He's about to lie for whatever reason. Ah, ah, ah. Just, just forgive him right then. So I say, ah, ah, ah. I didn't know what you wanted. I didn't know. I was trying. I was trying. But, but, but she says to me, she says, if you really wanted to know, you would have called and asked me. Anybody say amen right there? Amen. I knew I would hear a lot of amens from the ladies. Um, so here I learned that, that the action of me calling and asking would be the evidence if I was really concerned and convicted. If I took the action, that would show that I was concerned and convicted. What am I saying? If you don't have action to follow your concern or your conviction, the question is, are you really concerned at all in the first place? See, we, we, we got to take some action. We, we got to be willing to do something. We find that Nehemiah, after verse number four, the Bible says that he sat down and, and he cried and he wept because his heart was broken. Bible says next after that, that he prayed to God. Your concern and your conviction, the first action should be to pray to God. But it doesn't stop there. We find in chapter number two that King Artaxerxes sees Yes, Lord. He sees uh, Nehemiah, the cupbearer, and he's, and he's, uh, he's kind of down. And he says, listen, what's wrong? And Nehemiah says, I've got a problem going on back home. I need to go back home and serve and work and rebuild this community. He took some action. It wasn't just his prayer life, but he did something. What can you do? If you're concerned about your marriage, what are you going to do? If you're concerned about your children, what are you going to do? If you're concerned about your family, about your community, about our country, about our church, what are you going to do? Heroes take action. Concern says, well, listen, they sure need some more volunteers at New Hope. Conviction and action says, I'll be the volunteer at New Hope. Concern says, I sure would like to see some more campuses all over this country. Conviction and action says, Pastor Benji, what can I do to support this vision? What can I do to help this church reach, teach, and release? Concern says, somebody's got to fix this marriage. Conviction says, I've got to do it. Concern says somebody has to help the young people in this community. Conviction says, Pastor Scott, how can I help you? Concern says, listen, I see the problem. Conviction says, Lord, help me be the solution to the problem. Are you concerned? 
I truly believe that there is something great on the inside of you. I believe that I'm so glad that I can be concerned about somebody else because Jesus was concerned about me. He was willing to die on a cross, much like Nehemiah. He gave up heaven. He gave up the palace to come here on earth and to take on humanity to suffer for me. He was concerned. He was convicted and he took some action. And because of that today, I want to be an unlikely hero. I don't have to be strong. I don't have to be fast. I don't have to be extremely educated. But much like David, God wants to know, do I have the right heart? I want to have a heart for the kingdom of God. I want to be concerned about the things that God is concerned about. I want to be convicted so much that I'm willing to do something. I'm willing to take some action. I'm willing to move. I'm willing to volunteer. I'm willing to serve because there's a hero inside of all of you. Look at your neighbor and say, there's a hero in you. There's something great on the inside of you. There's something deep on the inside of you that regardless of the situation, you can be a hero on your job. You can be a hero in the hallway. You can be a hero to a young person. You can be a hero to your spouse. There is a hero on the inside of you. You just have to believe there's a hero. And every now and then, you got to go old school. You got to go like Clark Kent. Every now and then, you just got to tell people, listen, I don't know if you know it, but there's a hero on the inside of me. It may not look like it on the outside, but there's a hero on the inside of me. I may not look like it. I may not come from the best background. I may not speak the best, but there's a hero. Yes, God, on the inside of me. New Hope Nation, I want you to stand on your feet in this season. And I want you to say, there's a hero in me. I may not look like much, but there's a hero in me. I may look like David. I may look like Nehemiah, but there's a hero in me. I may not be your hero, but I'm somebody's hero. When I'm concerned, when I'm convicted, when I see others' needs, when I'm willing to take some action, I am a hero. You are a hero. Just be concerned. You don't have to do anything spectacular. Just be concerned. You don't have to do anything amazing. Just be convicted. You don't have to do anything monumental and world changing. Just take some action. You can be a hero. Bible says that greater is he that's on the inside of me. Don't ever confuse what's on me with what's in me. Don't confuse my past because that doesn't change my purpose. Don't confuse my failures because it doesn't change God's favor. There's still a hero in me. There's a hero in you. God says, as the body of Christ, we, we got to be concerned. 
we, we got to be convicted. We, we got to be willing to take action. Heavenly Father, we thank you today, God. Because you are concerned about us. But we thank you for Nehemiah's life, God. What an incredible hero. And Lord, he, he gave up the palace. He gave up the luxuries of life. He gave up what he was doing to help somebody else. Now, Father God, help us, Lord, to remember to be concerned. There are so many hurting people out here, God. There are so many even hurting people in here, Lord, but we can still be a hero. God, there's something that you've placed on the inside of us. Lord, you said in your word that you knew us before we were even in our mother's womb. God, you had a plan for us. And that plan was to be an unlikely hero. Lord, I thank you right now for every person that's under the sound of my voice. Heroes, they are so unexpected. Right now, there's somebody's life that's going to be changed by the heroes in this room, by the heroes of part of the New Hope Nation, by the heroes that are watching this right now all over this world, God. Somebody's going to come to know you as their Lord and Savior. They're going to experience your love. They're going to experience your joy. They're going to experience your grace and your mercy because of these heroes. Lord, we love you. We bless you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the bottom of our homepage. We hope you will join us next week. God bless and thank you for being part of our church family.